Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> Greetings, good man. Might I trouble you for a drink? Oh, get out of here, Homer. Homer? Who is Homer? My name is Guy Incognito. Oh, my God. This man is my exact double. That dog has a puffy tail. You're puff. You're puff. been destroyed because of this freak. I won't allow it! These babies just saved this lame fest party! Listening to thisweekingeek.net. I'm your host, Mike the Birdman, but I'm not alone on this very early Monday morning. I'm joined by my co host from the wonderful land of Kitchener, Ontario, Canada. Alex the producer. That's right. Me and Alex are both sleep deprived on this morning's podcast because, well, I was up playing a game from 2004 and you were up playing a game from about a week ago from from Friday. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we have both been up playing video games and it has been just one of those weeks where it's been busy to say the very least, as we most often like to do here off the top of the podcast, kind of give you a insight into the week that has been for us as your co-host here on Twig that has been running since 2007. So that's like 16 years. It's a long ass time. Uh, So for myself this week, tremendously busy. I have been doing a lot of things for the newspaper that I uh, work for here in town. And I, I'm actually out of stories now, so I actually have to start writing again. Um, but this week was actually really kind of a challenge because I was trying to wrangle interviews for a local piece involving the Guelph Storm. But the piece 
turned out beautifully. So this week was the Ashinanabek out outreach game called Hand Up for Healing with the Guelph Storm. And what made that game particularly special is they had indigenous themed jerseys and they looked phenomenal on the ice. Yeah, I saw I saw those pictures that you you were, you, uh, were sharing on social media. Yeah, and the really cool thing is and this was so unexpected that during the graphics package that appears up on the big video screen uh between uh kind of periods, it showed the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds logo, which is, you know, it is what it is. And then they showed the new indigenous themed logo beside it instead of the Guelph Storm logo. Everything was changed that night, every video package. And I was like, you didn't have to do that, and you did. Um, so right now they're currently auctioning off most of the jerseys, if not all of them right now. There's a couple of them that are up over $600 right now, which is incredible. Uh, we beat the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhound 7-3. One kid got four goals, which is really, really, really awesome. And I think his jersey's up over five hundred bucks right now. Speaking of kids, think about this. How weird is it? How old does it make you feel when you realize that all of the people playing in the OHL are young enough to be your kids? Okay, I actually had dinner with these kids on Tuesday night, actually, and it was amazing how small they were because I was at dinner and I ordered a drink, and like one kid's like, "Uh." I'm not old enough to have alcohol, so I have to go get a waiter or somebody older. And uh, so he brought me over. Oh, my he, drink. yeah, he wasn't he wasn't even allowed to serve. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was like, Did oh you, my god. <laughs> cool. What was isn't mo, like, OHL mostly like? Yeah, like sixteen like, to nineteen. I was gonna say. I was going to say 16 and 19. You might have a straggler in there that just is turning 20 in the year. Yeah, and then they would be like the teams. Uh, uh overager but yeah like it that was really 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 cool too just to have dinner by the storm so my friend jordan from uh the storm trackers fan club took me uh out to dinner because blair had to stay be home because dutch got neutered last week and he wasn't feeling so good so we had to kind of keep an eye on him one emergency trip to the vet later did you find out was it the, an allergy to the meds or to the anesthesia? Or yeah, he just uh, sensitive to it. He was probably sensitive to it because so what my wife had to do, she had to hand feed him, and she had to put water down his gullet via syringe. But after like three days of that and one round of subcutaneous fluids, he really turned the bend. One day he was like, "Okay, I'm happy and I like to play now," and he's been fine ever since. So yeah, it's just because he's so small because he's just over four pounds um that it just kind of hit him a little yeah. bit harder whereas beakers well, it, like it, i'm a cat and i'm good well and it's like some people like i when i had my surgery uh the weight loss surgery uh they said oh you should apparently you wake up within a half an hour or so after they you know the surgery is done the way they time it with the anesthesia and it took me like two and a half hours to wake up apparently and like and they didn't tell my family so my family's like is he fine they and nobody ever let them know until like three hours later they were all worried and they're just like yeah he, your son just it has like not an allergy to it but like my body reacts differently than other people so it takes longer to wake up and then we find out that that's a family trait on my dad's side oh. every person if on my dad's side like on my grandma's side on his side 
everybody on that side of the family that has surgery takes way longer to wake up from anesthesia. Oh, wow. doesn't matter the body body size. Like grandma had surgery and it was like four hours to wake up when it should have been half hour to an hour. And my dad, everybody. And yet the other side of the family, they all wake up like normal. So it's like some people, when I heard, you know, what happened with, uh, uh, with Dutch, I was like, oh, maybe he's got the same thing I do. <laughs> yeah. Where, where it's just, it takes a longer time for him to shake it off. Mm-hmm. So uh, fortunately, like I said, him and Beaker are all kind of good now. They're being happy, lovey, dovey kittens. Uh, trying to think. And then finally this week, uh, I played Pokemon for eight hours each day this weekend with my friend Jordan. So the three of us were in the car playing Pokemon Go, which was the Hoenn Tour this weekend and my god were my hips sore but uh totally worth it uh we did uh these primal raids in fact i think as of today as we record today's podcast i think today's pokemon day which i think is it i think so i think i remember reading that i'll have to look it up on twitter later so i'll look i'll look it up right now because if it's the case isn't there supposed to be like a direct there should be something that i think ken said something in one of our chats um apparently yeah it's pokemon day oh well yay i guess i'll and, have something and, to say later yeah it says there's a pokemon presents later on today okay so yeah we'll probably uh talk about that in next week's news um uh, 6 a 6 a.m pacific so it'll no. be happening while we record oh good times <laughs> so anyway that's pretty much been my week what about you Alf? um i played a little bit of games um and by a little bit of games, I mean, well, I've, I've been playing some stuff for review. Uh, I did last minute, the end of the week when it released, get uh, the, the Kirby, uh, the new Kirby game. So that'll be on probably next week's show. Uh, working a little bit through that uh, as well as uh, a few other. I have uh, Zen Pinball released a bunch of new uh, tables as well as like they have their PS5 version of the of the app out. So I've got that. That'll be actually probably be in this show. Uh as well as a few other things. But then I also decided, hey, I'm going to stream Octopath Traveler 2. And I started, I guess, two and a half hours before midnight on Friday because, or, or Thursday night going into Friday because at midnight is when it would launch the digital copy of the full game and the demo you could carry forward your save. And I've, over the course of the last three and a half-ish days, was it Friday, Saturday, Sunday? I guess three days, technically, uh, I have streamed 45 hours. Um, so basically a full live playthrough. Uh, or not not complete, but that's the idea here. Uh, between 10 and 11 hours each day. That's uh, insane. Yeah, so uh, we're, as far as I can tell, I'm probably about 70% done. 60 to 70% done the game. Uh, having a great time with it. Uh, but, but as an experiment, I was just trying to see how long can you stream? I guess on Twitch, you can stream forever, technically, right? Let's people do those like charity marathon streams, right? Like for Extra Life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you plan on streaming on either live streaming on YouTube or you want to upload your your VODs on like your, your on-demand videos after the fact to YouTube, there's a 12-hour limit. Uh, so, you know, could I have streamed longer? Maybe, but the body is... You know, the mind is willing, but the body will give out eventually. <laughs> uh, so I, you know, I try to cut it off at somewhere between 10 and 11 hours or so, uh, because it's interesting because I don't see a lot of people doing that. Or when people do do playthroughs, they'll cut them up like crazy or split them into like 50 chapters. It's like, no, I'm literally doing 
whole 11 hour chapters at a time and it's 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 been an interesting ride uh you're gonna get to see into the psyche of how i play jrpgs and how you've heard on the podcast before when you know it's like hey a big game's coming out like mass effect something's like bye bye alex for a week well this is what i do just this is the first time that you're getting to see that (laughs) live (laughs) i don't know what game would cause me to say all right alex don't bother me for a few days Mass Effect Four. Mass Effect Four, maybe well, a I Transformers guess, I guess, I, game. I guess is it would it be Mass Effect Five, or do we not count Andromeda? Andromeda is kind of like a side spinoff, so I guess it'd be Mass Effect Four. Um, maybe Ghostbusters, uh, single player Transformers, Final Fantasy Seven Part Two. That would be part both two, of us, I, honestly. I, I think, yeah, I think Mass Effect is probably the bigger one if if it looks good. Maybe Halo Actually, for me. But it's, I don't know if it's that long, right? Yeah. Halo's not a 40-hour game. Yeah, no. I think the longest I've played is maybe 10 hours, and that's with... So it's probably Mass Effect, and then... Maybe Resident Evil, or, maybe? I was going to say, Ari, Ari, did you play 8 yet? Uh, on and off, but not so much so that I'm like, okay, here's what happened, plot point for plot point. I'm just like, all right, cool whatever so re probably re4 then when that comes out yeah. a little more yeah that one i'm uh, gonna get i'm gonna ask capcom for a review copy so i'll cross my fingers on that one and and i mean street fighter you're gonna play a ton of but i don't think it's something where you would marathon. don't come up for, for come up for air you're gonna play that probably three or four hours at a time yeah and that's the um, and that's the type of game I, i'm actually gonna save up because during the playstation 4 era i completely missed playing it on fight stick now that i actually have a bit of a job i could actually start setting money aside and i can get a playstation 5 fight stick so i can play this thing properly yeah and, and those are starting to come out now there's a few companies that have them and they're, and they're not like cheap yeah exactly so that's uh, going to be like saving up for like a paycheck so i w- i was thinking like if there's another one that you would probably want you know to dive into mortal kombat maybe? Uh, yeah but that's not going to be that many hours yeah i, I don't I don't think uh, Fallen Order, the next Jedi. That's game. what I. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Uh, that'll be a probably maybe not ten hours, eleven hours a day, but uh, could be. Yeah. <laughs> for you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, see, seeing him like that, but yeah, Matt, Mass Effect. There's there's very few titles. Like I wonder, Spider Man Two, maybe. Yeah, probably. So Spider Man. Uh, what else? We haven't seen. We haven't seen what it's going to be like, but the Wolverine game because it's made by the same people, probably. Uh, Persona, that, like yeah okay that's that's gonna be it when when they announce persona 6 yeah that'll be that, that's that that's a bye-bye time hello bye-bye <laughs> we bye-bye don't come up we're coming up for air eventually i'm gonna be doing that with ff16 as well yeah i've already got that pre-ordered and i'll be doing a marathon stream we'll see if, if the audience is built up and if not there's very few people i think that will be streaming from midnight until noon <laughs> yeah pretty much straight um but we'll see but yeah that's that's sort of been you know my weekend uh i'm having a blast with with octopath uh also lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I've uh, been experimenting with some of the, the scenes and how to transition for streaming and, and getting everything set up uh, that way. So I've been you know having a pretty good time because it's been such you know bad shitty weather Mm -hmm. right like freezing rain and then six inches of snow and then blah blah and and apparently we're under a uh a six inch snow warning for this afternoon as well yeah so it's not going to be a fun time so hopefully you will be joining us for the duration of this podcast as we most often love to spend it with you so coming up this week in the show for reviews we're going to be taking a look at yet another transformers figure this is one that you may be familiar with if you watch the 1990s beast wars animated series we're going to be looking at transformers legacy voyager class predacon inferno and coming up from you alex what do we have from you uh well we've got uh i'm deciding which games i can put in because there's some of them have a release embargo but we'll have a game review for me as well as uh a review of the new pinball fx boards that have just been released uh uh i was sent a review code uh for the there's a marvel pinball pack there's a gearbox table collection and there's an indiana jones one that launched uh which you, you know pinball effects it's like where they take uh real life tables oh yeah and then make virt- virtual versions of them uh and then they they also sent me a code that i could enter that would give me a month of access to all their tables oh so that's awesome yeah they like they're basically like here's a code for uh x amount of coins and please use the these this you know these coins to pay for one month subscription of their thing they have like a yearly one and they have like a one month and the one month will let you try a little bit of everything and then the the other pin the other like license tables they sent codes that were uh permanent codes to check out so i've been sort of you know casually going through that it's going to be a pretty quick review because we've covered pinball effects uh on different platforms in the past it's more like how are are these tables any good and the answer is usually for the most part yeah i mean sometimes it's a little off uh i would love to i one day i'd love like if we had like fu money Mm -hmm. i'd like to get not like a a full-size pinball with like the bumpers everything because you know it's a pain in the butt to maintain those but you've seen like those virtual tables yeah one of the one of these days if i have the money and have the space and i have like you know not not a few money but like if i have like 500 bucks burning a hole and i have the space for it like if i got a condo or something i'd like to get one of those because you can just basically put skins of these sorts of things over top of it yeah like Um, some of those are pretty cool i actually played i think it was a pinball fx table this was like a thousand years ago but it was ported to playstation 4 and all my licenses transferred over so from from back from ps3 right yeah so i have the terminator 2 table i've got star trek the next generation i got adam's family and as far as i can tell those aren't in the game anymore yeah so i'm glad i got the licenses to those because those tables i remember getting a ps3 from you years ago specifically so i could rescue this and then it was later ported and thinking all right cool i'm set and they, that's the thing they ported it they have a ps4 version but that's one of the things we reviewed in the past and then a switch version and then they uh, obviously did a ps5 version that just 
everything you own for ps4 transfers over but some of the stuff that was licensed years ago like you had for ps3 does not yeah so so that's so some some of it's it's trapped not because of of zen's fault it's just you know their license was up yeah and maybe you know maybe they're not going to license it for a while but they're still like it looks like they've gotten some interesting tables recently so we'll talk briefly about that and then the other review is probably if i if everything looks fine it's probably going to be the one of the jaja maru collections which is uh collections of old games from jalico all right so we will be talking about all that and more right here on thisweekingeek.net i've been mike the Birdman. he's been alex producer and we're gonna jump right into one of alex's reviews right now so we'll be back right after this only on thisweekingeek.net Alex here with just a quick review of some of the new tables available in Pinball FX. Our friends uh, over there sent uh, review codes for some of the newer tables like the Marvel Pinball Collection, the Gearbox Table Collection, Indiana Jones Pinball Adventure, as well as a code that would let us get a one-month subscription to uh, let us try out all pretty much all the back catalog of tables that are available there. Uh, and we've talked about them in the past uh, for when they ported stuff to the Switch and then the PS4, and we know that uh, Birdman was a big fan and had the tables back on the previous generation, like PS3 and that. And, you know, we just wanted to get a feel for how they work. Are they entertaining enough? Do they, you know, visually pop? Do they give you that exciting feel as you play them? Uh, The Back to the Future and the Jurassic Park tables are pretty much, I would say, entry-level tables in that kids can pick up and play they're not overly difficult uh they're easy to read the 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 play space and play without you know having to be super laser quick on the focus or or having to you know be super uh, in tune with the flippers and making sure that you know the play field is not overly difficult to read or, or the patterns are not difficult to read or or what you have to do to get your combos and points up uh, they're very well designed, as all pinball effects titles have, and tables have been. Um, the there's also one we tried. Uh, there's one for the Mandalorian and Episode Five of um, of Star Wars, and those are pretty fun. Indiana Jones, the pinball adventure. Uh, that was a personal favorite. Gearbox stuff. It's, it's cool that they've got licensed properties. If you're a big fan of Gearbox games, I would say it's worth it. Uh, they're fun and entertaining i got more enjoyment i think out of the marvel stuff uh as well as the back to the future stuff but there's tons there's like i I probably went through like 25 different tables that i was playing through just to feel get a feel for everything and you know i do like that they're licensing more and more i wish that some of the licenses they had in the past would you know carry forward but obviously times are up with some of them uh, it is cool that they keep having these packages come out. So if you're somebody who you know wants to give it a try, the the actual application and game is free to download. So you can download it, and then you can either purchase individual tables or you can get like a subscription, uh, and you know either pay by the month or pay by the year, and you know play multiple tables that way. Uh, I played it on the PS4 and the PS5. Uh, I didn't notice any major discernible difference. They seem to both play it the same resolution as far as I could tell, except the PS5 version may be loaded slightly faster. I'm playing both versions on the PS5, obviously. Uh, and the and I guess the PS5 version is slightly smaller in size because they can compress it a little better. But either way, you'll have a pretty good experience playing it on any PlayStation platform. And there's tons of different tables available that you can try out. Uh, I would say, you know, give it a try. It's good for like 
a rainy day afternoon where you miss going to the arcades, but you can't actually get out to them. And a lot of them won't even have tables like this, you know, even in person anymore. So if you want to try out some of the more interesting stu- uh, tables out there, this is probably the best way to do it. The Prime Minister of Sweden visited Washington today, and my tiny little nipples went to France. Gossip, rumors, panic in the streets. We're lucky. This Week in Geek. News. Welcome back to thisweekingeek.net, where the news is as fresh as the milk in the back of your fridge. I'm Mike the Birdman. He's Alex the Producer. All right, so we only have a couple stories this week because me and Alex are both, frankly, exhausted. Well, and, and it's just scheduling is not going to be and it's kind of a light news week too honestly i mean or things that are follow-ups or we're trying not to talk about rumors or like you know what i mean like if there's like hey this is rumored to happen it's like well it's a rumor we're not talking rumors this is this isn't geek rumors it's geek news yeah exactly (laughs) i mean the only time we would ever talk about a rumor is if it's a really good insider who has a known track record but otherwise Nah, fam, we are not yeah. that. What's that website that we both hate? Oh, we got this covered.com. If yeah. you post a link we, from there, first off, go to hell. Okay? Go we, straight to hell. We we got this covered, or what's the other one? Bounding into yeah, another one. Like there's a few there's a few of them where their their blogs masquerading as news, but they make up 90% of what's there. Yeah, it's like super clickbait, or I'm gonna reach so far as to be Mr. Fantastic. It's ridiculous. But we do have some real news to talk about this week. And this one I thought was actually kind of cool. And I'm actually kind of surprised this didn't happen a lot sooner. So coming from comingsoon.net, TMNT versus Street Fighter comic book series gets plot details and images. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are set for another crossover, this time with the world of Capcom Street Fighter, as IDW recently unveiled a new comic series titled Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles vs. Street Fighter set to release in May. The new crossover series will span five issues written by Paul Aller with art by uh, Ariel Metal and colors by Sarah Meyer. In typical comic fashion, the series will also receive multiple variant covers for its five issues with covers from Medell, TMNT co-creator Kevin Eastman and also retailer limited incentive and incentive editions from Vencio uh, or how do I pronounce this Alex? It's Italian. Uh, I let me pull it up right yeah, now. Give me one second. Vincenzo, maybe. Let me see. <clears throat> uh, da, 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 da. Eastman and from yeah, Vin, yeah. Sorry, that's Vin. Oh, ad blocker won't let me. <laughs> Anyways, I, I I'll tell you. You want to hear a quick rant? Yes. Uh, you know what? If you don't want me to use an ad blocker, don't put intrusive ads. Yeah, exactly. Don't where it gets in the way of the news. Nah, when, I'll support there, there, you if the, you're not a prick. There are two things that are destroying the internet, and they think uh, all these companies think that having ad blocker is destroying the internet. No, what's destroying the internet is one, you allowing to have hundreds of intrusive ads on your website, and two, uh, news websites that require after reading three articles that you pay to to read their news. Yeah, no. You, you know what? If I wanted to do that, I would buy a newspaper. Exactly. And if, if I'm not going to do that, uh, and, I, and if I'm not going to pay like $3 for a news aggregate site that has everything, you, I'm sorry, New York Times or The Post, you're never going to get my business. In fact, I will go out of my way to tell everybody not to get your business. And if you fall and, and, and dissolve and destroy yourselves, it's your own fault for your greed yes uh anyway <laughs> anyway yes but, but but yeah but yes uh vincenzo uh 
Federici or Federici. So the article continues, says, quote, it feels amazing to bring these iconic brands together, said Aller in a statement on the release. Quote, I grew up with all these characters, though in very different ways, watching TMNT cartoons on Saturday morning. And then a few years later, desperately smashing buttons while being absolutely destroyed at street fighter 2 readers are going to have so much fun watching these characters come together as they face an enormous threat to both teams from mikey and chun lee's unlikely bond to raf and guile's rivalry and mutual but very begrudging respect the book has it all humor danger a massive number of twists and turns and a ton of amazing brutal over-the-top bonkers fight scenes it's going to be a blast according to the description of the comic the story will follow the iconic group of turtles running into the crew from the street fighter games what follows is an instant clash between the two who are eager to show off their combat and skills against one another arriving in in atlantic city to compete in a prestigious fighting tournament reads the full description of the comic book series the teenage mutant ninja turtles quickly run afoul of the world famous street fighter crew and their legendary psycho powered fighting forms both are eager eager to show off their moves and prove their metal in combat the two teams instantly clash sparking a cracker crackling rivalry that can only be resolved with fists and steel and maybe a hurricane kick or two while tensions are already massed the pressure mounts even further as both teams find themselves embroiled in a wave of mysterious disappearances plaguing the city could the tournament's mystery benefactor be be to blamed while the teenage ninja turtles and street fighter may sound like an odd pair and the iconic combat group is no stranger to appearing with other popular properties previously tmnt had crossovers with the power rangers batman ghostbuster archie and even appeared in the fighting game injustice 2 now there actually is a street fighter and turtles action figures that you can get right now in stores they're not the greatest in my opinion they just this ain't it fam to say the least now if they release (laughs) figures based on the idw artwork i would definitely be a lot more inclined this actually sounds kind of cool and i'm gonna guess the people that are running the tournament are obviously shredder and bison with maybe akuma being the secret end boss to all this are are, are we gonna get or do we get super bison with ooze that you probably that's probably the final boss with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. They're like your psycho power mixed with power from Dimension X and blah, 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 which means it'll be Fujitoids and foot soldiers. Yeah, this could actually be kind of cool. I mean, all things considered. I mean, when I read this story, I got the thinking, okay, what am I going to see? So it'll be Bebop and Rocksteady paired with probably Vega and Balrog. 
Um, Zangief is going to have to fight one of the Turtles guys. Um, yeah. I, How much do you want to bet? Uh, Zangief has a fight, then he gets tired, so they have pizza together. Yeah, like, it's going to be ridiculous like that. You're going to have someone make a joke at E-Honda's expense. I'm thinking one of the big fight scenes will be Vega versus Raph because of the the metal claw versus size. I think that'll be a pretty big fight. I'm hoping... Oh, and, and, and is, is Leo going to be, like, training with Ryu or Ken? That's what I'm going to guess. Or I'd like to see this if they can squeeze this in Sakura, who's kind of Ryu's like kind of protege Ryu and Sakura have a sparring match with like Donatello and Leo. And maybe Sakura's like, Hey, maybe I could learn from this turtle guy. Instead. You're always so busy master. How how about Cammy going undercover in disguise as April O'Neil? That would be cool because she's got that like MI6 training. Yeah, see, this could be really that's, awesome. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're like, it's they think uh, Bison or somebody, the threader, thinks that they've captured April O'Neil and then she just throws off the trench coat and the wig and it's Cammy and she does like blast them. Yeah, d- does like cannon spikes and drill punches. Like, yeah, like honestly, I'm actually really oh. looking forward to this. Or, or, or the turtles to celebrate with Chun Li. They end up uh, getting pizza with Chinese food on top. Something weird. Yeah, like they'd be, they'd be like, they'd be like, oh, oh, what's you know, what would you like on your pizza? And he's like, mushu pork or something. Yeah, <laughs> mushu and prawns and shit. Yeah, like honestly, sometimes these IDW crossovers can be kind of goofy because, like, in the article they mentioned some of the crossovers that have happened. Like, there's a Ghostbusters Transformers crossover. But the last time the Turtles crossed with Power Rangers, which there's a new thing happening right now, it's really good. And it's actually really, really interesting. So IDW, they've got a pretty good track record of doing stuff. They haven't mishandled the property, at least as far as I know. In fact, speaking of comic books, um, Friday afternoon, I had a few hours before the hockey game. And I've got access to... um, a bunch of comics. So I read about 30 issues of the IDW Transformers comic going all the way back to the beginning. Man, this shit is so well written. My God, I'm having a fucking blast with this because I'm kind of no. preparing for our RPG thing. But at the same time, I can't copy everything these guys have done because it's so fucking good. Now, I it's, it's tangentially related, but... I heard, isn't G.I. Joe's comics going to be handled by a new company? I don't know, because I know IEDW lost a bunch of its properties. So, I, I don't saw, know. Apparently, when I say new company, I mean like a new company that doesn't that's never really existed or been heard of before. I don't know, because I know... Let me, let me pull that up right now, because that's... Uh, because that would be interesting. Because I know Transformers changed hands from IDW pretty recently, and I know Marvel's got a bunch of stuff like aliens are they are are they at boom or where are they at now i i don't i i'm pretty sure it's not boom like and even with the boom stuff i haven't kept up so much um which by the way kids buy your comics physical because uh uncle birdman lost access to about four years of digital comics because the company made fire went out of business and i can't reset my password to log back in and recover all my stuff oh 
Yeah, so I was kind of pissed. Although Dark Horse was really good about it. When I told them I bought it through this Madefire app, they're like, oh, yeah, no problem. We'll hook you up with everything you got. Just tell us specifically what you had. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I got my Mass Effect omnibuses and my some of my early uh, Alien comics. So that was really nice of them. I, I know it was on Twitter. Somebody was posting a company that got it, but I'm trying. I'm having trouble trying to find it now. I used to read of yeah. uh, the GI Joe Devils Do publishing. That stuff was really good. In fact, whenever me and JT decide to get together and do a Sunday funny show, I really wouldn't mind talking about some of these. Uh, 80s properties and not just covering it like individual issues but the just just talk about how the runs are handled by companies because some of them you get some really really good runs out of them like i remember there was one gi joe crossover with transformers where unicron and serpentor teamed up to fight the joes and the autobots and it got friggin weird um so like sometimes some of these properties are really good i mean like one of the weirder ones I remember, like, because they mentioned Archie, they had Archie versus the Predator, and it got just as violent and as fucked up as you can imagine. I think I re- remember Reggie having his spine pulled out, and this is done in the Archie style, if I remember correctly. Oh, God. I remember Archie versus the Punisher when that came out in the 1990s, and I remember... We talked about this years ago. So if you remember when I think it was you and me, Alex, we did the Asylum's Sharknado movies. I think I briefly talked about the Archie versus Shark Sharknado. Yeah, I think you did. You're right. Which was a thing. So anyway, this is going to be coming out sometime in May. No street date has officially been announced. Oh, okay. Oh, go ahead. I think it's Power Comics. I've never heard of them uh they this okay this is probably going to be announced on wednesday uh but power comics posted a thing saying power comics is a pretty big announcement coming wednesday march 1st here's a little hint with arrows pointing down and it's a big picture of gi joe Ooh, all right i'm so i'm looking up what power comics is um because i don't think anybody's heard of them I know it's not rumors, but we say we're not talking rumors, but this this would not appear to be a rumor. <laughs> yeah. So we shall have to wait and see what happens. So this next story comes courtesy of website comicbook.com. Konami reportedly planning, quote, pretty big E3. Over the last few weeks, there's been a lot of buzz surrounding E3 2023, which companies will be in attendance. Organizer Reed Pop confirmed to comicbooks.com that the show is, quote, full speed ahead and participants will be revealed soon. This hasn't happened just yet, but it seems an appearance by Konami was recently confirmed by Video Game Chronicles podcast. Apparently, Konami will have a, quote, pretty big E3 with a new Castlevania and a remake of Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater set to appear. Until we get official confirmation, readers should take this with a grain of salt. For the last few years, Konami has been moving away from video game development, focusing mostly on compilations of older games and other aspects of its business. Last year, it looks like things are starting to shift as the company announced several new projects based on its Silent Hill franchise. Following these announcements, fans of Metal Gear and Castlevania were feeling left uh, were feeling a bit jealous. However, this re- if this report is accurate, it would seem that Konami has some big plans in store. E3 could be the perfect place for a Castlevania or Metal Gear to take the spotlight, and Konami 
Sony could give a lot of attention with the absence of Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony. There are a lot of questions surrounding E3 2023, which companies will which will have games to showcase. We know that Ubisoft is planning to attend, and with Konami reportedly coming as well, the event is starting to tape shape. If Pop is hoping to bring E3 back to its former glory, the organizer is going to need publishers on this level to attend, and this has seemed like a pretty good start. We don't know if companies like Capcom, EA, or Sega will be there, but it seems like information is starting to come by at a fast clip. Currently, E3 2023 is set to take place on Tuesday, June 13th through Friday, June 16th, which, of course, we always cover here on Twig. I will be back this year to give my kind of commentary on it as I'm starting to get back into it with the Xbox Series X and the PS5 life cycle of consoles. Um, If Konami is smart, you will package in a... You can do this as a remaster if you want but you've released Metal Gear Solid, the Twin Snakes, just fucking deal with it. Otherwise, completely remake that game from scratch with a full trailer. Or you do straight enhanced ports of Twin Snakes, Metal Gear Solid 2 subsistence. You can pack in this new remake game like you want, kind of like the Halo Master Chief collection. And you finally put Halo... or. Metal Gear Solid 4, Sons of the Patriots, and Peace Walker into one complete collection. I will gladly pay $100. You want me to add some extra value to that? Put in Metal Gear 1 and 2 for the NES and Metal Gear Acid, and you've got a seller right there. What I think is going to happen, and I, I don't know what the ownership is like or what the what the licensing is like or, or what the arrangements are initially for the original release, if it's in perpetuity or if it's not, I think we're going to get Metal Gear 4 re- remastered. I hope so, because that game, it was a really goddamn good game, and it wrapped up Snake's story in a very spectacular fact uh, fashion. I know just recently it, they did... But, it, but it, it internally rendered, I think, at 720p. Mm-hmm even though they upscaled it and, and it was, you know, but like seeing that with 4k textures at 60. Yeah. Like, um, and it, it's locked to the PS3 and there's streaming of it, or there had been on, you know, PS4 and PS5 it looks like crap when you stream it, uh, because it's just, it is what it is. I would, would they think they could get a full 80 bucks out of it? I don't know. I mean, maybe 50, maybe, like for, like 49 American, 59 Canadian, maybe. I mean, one thing that made me very interested in covering this story, because Metal Gear Rising Revengeance just had an anniversary, and its soundtrack still trends consistently on Spotify, which, by the way, best soundtrack in the fucking franchise, fight me. Um, like, having Metal Gear Solid 4, again, port that... Metal Gear Rising Revenge, it doesn't need that much work. Maybe just an upscale, like you kind of mentioned, just make it look good. And I don't make, know. Make that make that game, Rising Revengeance, make that run at 120 hertz for people that have the, the TVs for it. Yeah. Like, make, make, make that, you know, even like make that six, uh, 4K 60 or 1080p 120 and people would love it. Yeah. I mean, okay, here, Konami, I'm going to give you some marketing plans. So listen up. 
here's what you do. You take all your Metal Gear games, and if you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket, you follow the Capcom model. What do I mean by that? You put the games in the collections. You have Metal Gear Core Collection, Metal Gear Side Story Collection. So if you want the full Metal Gear experience, you got to buy two separate games, two separate collections, and each of these come with all their special features. So that's all, all the documentaries as upscaled as you possibly can, because I understand when these were shot, they're probably like 460 or whatever the hell the old interlace used to be. Put that in there. Give me all the promotional artwork, all the galleries, everything you possibly can, and I will gladly pay 60, 70 bucks a pop, and I know someone's saying, oh, Birdman, they can't do that to us. Nah, motherfucker, I want this. I will pay for it. As for a new Castlevania, okay, hmm. I want you to give me a new Castlevania. That's wonderful. But give me ports of Castlevania, Lords of Shadows. And if you really want to impress me for five bucks, 10 bucks, whatever, give me the Castlevania Judgment, which was the fighting game from the Nintendo Wii and give it new enhanced controls. whatever. Or there was a game that was exclusively locked to WiiWare, Castlevania Adventure. That game is dead Unless you've got a Wii U that ported that over when before that eShop shut down, that game is lost. Uh, you know, you know what we're more likely to get a and they'd be like, oh, we're we're doing an uh, a remaster, upscale, whatever, blah blah blah, deluxe edition of Castlevania. You'd be like, oh, cool. Which ones are they? And it'll be the two N sixty four ones. Those ones will never get re-released. There's no way in hell. Oh, oh, oh you oh, watch. They'll end up on oh, Nintendo Online or something. That's what I'm going to say. They'll show up on there. Or, uh, you know what? You know what they're going to do? They're going to go, we're going to give you multiple Metal Gear collections, and it'll be Metal Gear Legacy, and it will just be three games. It'll be uh, Metal Gear 1 and 2, 2. I don't think we ever got two, did we? Yes, And we then, did. no, that was a different game. No. Snake Eater or Snake whatever it was it, it it was released on the nes as snake's revenge it was also released on the uh, msx snake no it's a different game um snake's revenge is a, it's a completely different game i think it's not i um, played them uh i'm double checking that right now because i'm like 99 sure that's a different game entirely i would bet you lunch on that now it does have weird continuity because it technically doesn't take place because it's weird that Big Boss is magically back from Zanzibar Land and it's weird. They're they are separate games. They are separate games. Uh there's Metal Gear. Uh one second here. I'm pulling them up because they're listed as separate entries on Wikipedia. Metal Gear, uh, which we got obviously from 1987. Yeah. Snake's Revenge. Uh it is a, a standalone sequel to Metal Gear released in North America under the Ultra brand and was never released in Japan. Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake is a sequel who conceived the game in a response. Okay, Kojima had nothing to do with Snake's Revenge. Yes, that, that is true. So these are completely separate games. So, yes, so I would say put those. they would put those three mm-hmm. uh you know together and then they try to charge you like 50 bucks yeah so we're both <laughs> right but it's weird um yeah well they're well, they're they're not they're not even related like they're both sequels to the it's the highlander thing yeah highland highlander two and three are both sequels to highlander one but not to each other which is so weird because 
they try and ex- I, I remember there was some document of Metal Gear Solid that came out years ago and they tried to connect them and it's just canonically it just it doesn't work it, it, this is it's the same thing that konami did with uh lords of shadow after, no it was like super you know contra and then they had super c but then there was contra force which was not a contra game they reskinned a different game and called it contra yeah and 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 then there was like hardcore uh which was something else too yeah that's another contra, brand that hasn't been uh, taken very yeah, well hard, hardcore is different it's the genesis version of what was the Super Nintendo one? Uh, Contra Three Alien Wars. Yeah, they're they're they were developed at the same time, and they're it's Hyperstone Heist and <laughs> and uh, 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 Turtles in Time all over again. Yeah, yeah. Basically, they might share some similar assets, but the games yeah. are completely different. K- Konami was probably the most notorious out of all the big companies to do that, where they would make the same game for different platforms, but change enough of it that they're considered different games. Yeah, and Hyperstone Heist being the most annoying version of this, although Tournament Fighters being a better version of this because you got different combatants and the storylines were slightly different if i remember right although if you want to find that out you can get the tmnt cowabunga collection by the way that's the way this should be fucking done you want to put all these metal gear games out again if they followed what they did for cowabunga collection and gave us the same level of attention and care i would gladly pay a hundred dollars for that the the only problem was there was only ever three games pre-3d graphics so they would uh, i all these companies like konami they consider 3d games to be a separate thing yeah they never ever put like like you notice when they do like the the castlevania collections they never put any of 3d ones in no. ever although so i just had a thought too if you were to do this collection you could do the raiden collection which would be a remastered metal gear solid 2 subsistence and metal gear revising and that would be willing to pay 40 50 bucks for and then you could do the solid snake legacy collection which could be metal gear 1 for the nes and you get uh the twin snakes and you get snake eater and you could probably put peace walker or you could have the big boss games, which would be Metal Gear, Peace Walker, Acid One and Two, and I what, guess that'd what, be what. It. What I see happening if they do anything mm-hmm. would be one, two, and three, and it would be Twin Snakes version. Yeah, it'd be Twin Snakes two and three in a package, and then four would get a separate full remaster on its own. Yeah, like and honestly, and and and, and that's if they work at a deal where they can release it on multiple platforms. Yeah. Because honestly, like having this as a Sony exclusive would be on one hand, beautiful, great. And I would support that, but I think more eyes on, on the metal gear franchise, make money, go ahead. I'm fine with it. If, if that's the only way to get it done though, I'd be happy with uh, it being brought forward just to PlayStation. If it's a case of Konami's like, we're not going to do it, but Sony's like, we want to fill the gap because we don't have a lot of games coming. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if Sony paid for this and you could put it on, pc as well maybe yeah sure um i don't know how much that would happen because i know in terms of metal gear games for pc there aren't that many um so yeah i guess we'll just have to wait and see me ultimately konami don't let me down please because you hold such valuable ip watch it be bucky o'hare or something show up instead you know you know what i'd be really cool if that showed up on nintendo online actually 
because I, I mean, well, no, they'd be like, we're doing big budget remaster of Bucky O'Hare. And you're like, what? But say, well, no one saw that coming. Here's Sunset Riders again, which you can get on the virtual arcade, by the way. I was very, very, very surprised when that came out. Really? Really? Yeah, I got it for like five bucks two years ago on the Switch. I was like, Cause, all right. Because <laughs> like I'm looking at what they've got franchise wise, because they always dig into the well of just the same two or three franchises, but they they do own other things right like some of it was licensed stuff so we're not going to see a goonies remake no but uh, but you know what even if they did a big okay if they followed again the same model that capcom did for their stadium arcadium collection which i'm actually a very big fan of if they did that with all their classic arcade titles and charged the exact same capcom model am i saying it's going to be as successful probably not but it would be worth it. Or if they put all the Capcom or not, if they put all their NES library stuff out again, there's some expired licenses in there that probably have to renegotiate. Yeah, you, could, you could throw in some of the classics like uh, like Blades of Steel. Like I would like to see yes! some of these get or Bio Billy. I'd like to see some of them get like like remasters, as in like like what Dot Emu is doing. Yeah, that sort of style. Like like bring you know uplifting something. A little bit, you know, maybe still making it pixel art, but making it okay more modern. I'm gonna pitch an idea to you right here, right now. Okay, so we've had games from Dot Emu such as Streets of Rage Four, right? Okay, picture this. So either Double Dragon or Streets of Rage, take your pick. Exclusive characters that get the show up. Um, again, this is gonna be some Smash Brothers shit, but let's make this happen. You give me Bayou Billy in one of those franchises as an exclusive pre-order character or whatever, or pay five bucks and Mike Hagar or Cody or guy from final fight. I will pay that shit all day. Cause I'm looking their NES titles. They had a lot of licensed stuff and then they had some that, you know, maybe weren't, but I, I had forgot that they own. And let me just double check to make sure. Yeah. They own the mystical ninja series. Why have we not seen going on? titles come out i, I think There's, we did but they're under a different publisher now well no they're owned by them because i remember getting a game from one of our friends named mika uh two years ago and i think it was a mystical ninja game or maybe i'm thinking pocky uh, and rocky i don't know um, you're thinking pocky and rocky that's for sure from them yeah um but yeah, like the Mystical Ninja, we only ever got a few of them. And there's a bunch that were released on previous platforms. You could do a collection of all of them, do it in English, throw them on. Um, because I think yeah, the Mystical Ninja, they've got how many games in that franchise? Like five or six. Gambert Goemon, um, two arcade games. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six on Nintendo platforms. One, two, three, four, five on Sony platforms. And on Game Boy, one, two, three, four, five, six, six on Game Boy. They could easily do a TMNT collection like that. And because they're more action-based, there's not a lot of English to translate on the ones we haven't received. Mm -hmm. So they could put like 10 games on one box set and release that. And that's a big franchise in Japan that only, like we had two on the Super Nintendo. I think there was three or four. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, that were released in Japan. And I, and then we got the two on the N64. And then that was it. Like, and if they didn't want to do in, like full English translations of like the PlayStation or all the Game Boy ones or whatever, you could do the two Super Nintendo ones that we got 
um, I think it was two super and two N64 ones and then throw like one new one in there mm-hmm. and you could get five games and they could charge 50 bucks for that. People would probably pay it. Uh, cause like looking at the other stuff, they, they had the Warner brothers license back in the day. So they did a lot of like tiny tune adventures, that kind of stuff that won't get re-released, uh, unless they were to sign some big deal with Warner. Right. Mm-hmm. But, uh, they also did, you know, like you said, sunset riders. Yeah. Um, uh, sparkster the, which was uh, that's a rocket fantastic Knight. game by the way the sparkster and rocket knight the two of them together they could easily do higher definition you know quality versions of that throw that on you know a package together uh because you you know they're going to want to go cheap with a lot of the stuff if they're showing up at e3 mm-hmm. they're not going to want to do a ton of like big budget titles uh i'm trying to think of what they have playstation wise that they would want to put out because that's where we're going to start to see things like you know how we've got like sukoden coming out and we've got a few other titles that are like they, they already announced sukoden one and two is getting remastered uh and that's hd version coming out so maybe they're going to go with more of those because those are medium budgets like not by medium i mean medium for them they don't do like super big budget games anymore right so you know there's that uh how about police knots Yes, why the hell? Are... No, it's because Kojima. It's because Kojima, but they technically own them, right? And Police Knots has a fan translation. People have been patching it for years. Why not? Why don't we get Snatcher? And and Snatcher Snatcher already had an English release. They have the the files. We've seen what companies can do with the original files, uh, like with Sewer Shark and all those shitty games. Right? They ended up releasing like full HD versions. Well, you know that the original art is there somewhere. So, you know, they don't have to have Kojima's permission to release them. And they they could even put his name on it and he can't say anything about it because they're his games that he made back then for them. But Snatcher and and Police Knots could easily come out. Uh Vandal Hearts was a, a decent um RPG series that they had. They had a few in the franchise they could put out. Uh and these are things that are easily enough ported. Add some trophies, add some upscaling, uh, add some fast forward rewind stuff, and people will be probably pretty happy with it overall uh and then you know beyond that you know they own the dance dance revolution stuff i i guess you could bring that back but rhythm games are sort of dying and the only company really doing that is ubisoft with the the just dance series and that series is starting to see declining returns in fact i know just dance 2023 didn't sell that well yeah and, and we know that uh yeah, yeah you're right that's that uh, but we also know that that they are doing the Silent Hill stuff. That's probably going to be the big stuff they're going to show off is the stuff that's been rumored that way as far as big budget titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're licensing them out to other companies to actually make. But that doesn't mean that they're not going to you know, do the same thing with other productions that they've, they've got or they've had in the past. Because I think RPGs they know are the way to go because, yes, there's English. The biggest changes that they might have to do is script updates. But beyond that uh people view rpgs as decent value so you can you can charge 40 bucks for a jrpg collection where you might not be able to do that for games that only have like an hour of gameplay yeah i mean ultimately i mean i i i know it sounds a little counterintuitive to say i want konami to succeed but i want them to succeed for the gamer in all of this and i know i've said this before on twitter Sometimes I don't feel like much of a gamer much anymore, and yet I just spent 
most of my night where I could be sleeping playing a video game from 2001. You really want to win me back as a to come back in, into this culture and be really thrilled with the storyline. Give me these classic games from my childhood and give them the love and love and attention that the Cowabunga collection got. And I will gladly pay it. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And throw us a curveball. Like, say, like, hey, we're doing an HD remaster of uh, Evolution Skateboarding or something. Like, there's so much potential here. And I want to see these games again on platforms. Again, if you if you do the right work on it, people will come back. You'll get new fans. You will see these franchises flourish again. And that makes stakeholders happy. That makes gamers happy. Everybody wins. So anyway, that's going to do it for this edition of the nerd news only on thisweekingeek.net. And we're going to listen to one of my reviews this week. And this one comes courtesy of our friends over at Hasbro. We're going to be looking at Transformers Legacy. This is the Voyager class figure of the Predacon Inferno was also voiced by the guy from the Highlander of the series. So bringing that old chestnut back, Jim Byrne. So we will be back, guys, right after this, only on thisweekingeek.net. I've been Mike the Birdman. He's been Alex the Producer. We will be back right after this. So until then, Predacons terrorize. Ugh, another insect. How depressing. Are you sure it's a Predacon? I am Tarantulas, your creator. Identify yourself. Spiders! Dare invade the colony! Inferno, terrorize! Hey guys, this is Mike the Birdman here, and I'm here to talk to you about something really awesome that we got sent over from our friends at Hasbro. I'm talking about Transformers Legacy. This is the Voyager class Predacon Inferno from the Beast Wars television series. Inferno was one of my favorite characters growing up. In fact, let me tell you a really quick story of how Birdman is really stupid. I traded away a Super Nintendo copy of Chrono Trigger for a broken version of Inferno when it came out in the 90s. That is how much I loved this character. Seeing this character get released in the Voyager class scale again is fantastic because I actually purchased one off of Facebook that's about 80% complete for about 20 bucks. And getting this Legacy Voyager class, this is everything I ever wanted in a figure. And allow me to explain why. So first off, the sculpt is phenomenal. And what I mean is the thing that really sets this apart from the vintage Inferno back in the day, which was made out of this kind of red and parts of it were this translucent plastic is Predacon Inferno from the Legacy line has texture. And when you feel his back piece and his like thorax, his, his like butt piece, there's all this weird kind of rough texture to it. And his legs have like bumps and ridges. There's like his, um, 
antennae have texture, his eyes have texture, and even the jaw can open up to the ridiculous uh, emotive states that he was like in the original uh, Beast Wars cartoon. So you can recreate so many cool poses with this. You know, you'll be shouting for the royalty by the end of it. It's fantastic. I mean, it has this incredible bright blue metallic paint. It's got just so many nice little attention to detail. And you can even recreate that spinning butt thing he used to do back in the day. And that's how the character used to fly. And his weapon looks, uh, it's not exactly his like ant head cannon that he had uh, from the cartoon. And it's not the same weapon that I have from my original Beast Wars cartoon, if I'm remembering correctly, but it still looks awesome. It's sort of like an update to this character, but it is undeniably Inferno. And when you transform this guy, he looks amazing in that fire ant mode. I mean, Hasbro knocked it out of the park. So you have, if I remember correctly, all the season one Predacons now, you've got Megatron, you've got Pterosaur, Tarantulas, Black Arachnia, Scorponok. So I am holding out hope that we'll see some of the Fusors down the line. Like, I would love to get Quick Strike, just because I thought he looked cool too. But just having all the season one Predacons... This is awesome. Like, seriously, for a Voyager-class figure, you're getting an incredible piece of engineering. It looks great. The transformation is fun and easy. It folds up really nicely. The fact that he can store his butt cannon and he can recreate all those flying poses. So maybe if you get one of those, uh, like, figure stands, I don't have any personally, you could probably do something with that. He can hold his gun and everything. Maybe I'll see if there's like like third-party add-ons for like fire effects or something like that. But no, seriously, Predacon Inferno from Transformers Legacy, it's incredible. Like if you love the Beast Wars series from the 90s, you absolutely have to pick this up if you're a Predacon fan. In fact, almost everything from the Beast Wars line has been really amazing. And like I said, the only thing I would love to see is some of the Fusors. So to see Silver Bolt, to see um, Quick Strike, um, even Tiger Hawk down the line. I don't even care if that was a convention exclusive. Maybe I would get that. Maybe Depth Charge, Rampage. Oh my God, can you imagine if they did Rampage? I mean, we have Transmetal uh, 2 Megatron available, and I'm going to have to hunt that one down. So Hasbro, if you're listening, uh, yeah, like, I'm seriously impressed with this. Seriously, you cannot go wrong with Predacon Inferno. This comes from the Transformers Legacy line. If you find this, get it for the colony. Of the colony! Whoever has done this thing will burn. Inferno, terrorize! Go crazy? Don't mind if I do! Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria! Welcome back to This Week in Geek.net. All right, we are back here to talk about the strange, the unusual, the most fucked up things that happened around the planet this past week. I'm, of course, Mike the Birdman. He's the action producer. We're going to start things off from the website, thehill.com. Man threatening to blow up Hollywood sign calls wrong police report. Ever mistakenly sent a text to the wrong person with the same name? Maybe you meant to coordinate a brunch with Mark E, but accidentally extended the invitation to Mark L. 
That's essentially what happened to a caller who reportedly to attempted to phone in a bomb threat to police in Hollywood, the one in California, but mistakenly called the Hollywood Police Department in Florida. On Sunday, dispatchers for the Broward County Sheriff's Department fielded the call after the suspect presumably looked up the wrong phone number and dialed the authorities in Hollywood, Florida. The threat, according to law enforcement who spoke to TMZ, involved blowing up the Hollywood sign located uh, 2,700 miles west of where the would-be criminal directed their uh, phone call. The caller demanded, and you'll love this, Alex, $10,000 to spare the iconic sign, TMZ reports. KTLA spoke with both the Florida and California authorities who said they were aware, uh, aware of the call. A report was eventually directed to the proper agency at the Los Angeles Police Department, and the call was determined to be a hoax and the threat non-existent. It's understandable how someone might confuse the two Hollywoods, but both are in close proximity to the ocean, and in the States, they both made claim to be the sunshine crown. But the big giveaway should have been the fact that Hollywood, California doesn't have its own police department, whereas Hollywood, Florida does. In the future, any Bond villain in training might want to take a moment to become familiar with some of the America, with some of America's famous duplicates. There are two Portland's, Oregon and Maine, Kansas City's, Missouri so let, and Kansas. Let's be, let's be honest, for all of our people in, in Portland, Maine that might be listening to us, you're not the real Portland. <laughs> um, Long Beach. It's, it's, like, it's like like people in Canada that think, you're not the real London. I'm sorry, you're not the real London. <laughs> Long Beach, California, which I knew about, and New Jersey, which I didn't. Uh, major U.S. Disney properties in Orange County and California and Orange County, Florida. Or maybe just refrain from making criminal threats, whereas you're good or bad at geography. Um, yeah. What a weird amount to ask. I'm going to blow up the Hollywood sign unless I get ten thousand dollars no fine fuck off here you go this sounds like a florida guy trying to call in something or some kid or some kid like ten thousand dollars ten thousand dollars this is somebody who needs to pay off their meth debt yeah and okay and i think i actually knew that hollywood um california doesn't have its own police department because that would technically fall under beverly hills or whatever county well, that particular, or well, or maybe Studio City. Well, well what's weird is eh, Los Angeles, like well, Hollywood is part of Los Angeles. Yes. So they don't have their own. Now, and LA has the Los Angeles Police uh, Department, but they also have LA County Sheriffs. Yes. Which is different. And, and if you're like, what does that mean? As far as I can tell. City cops and rural cops? Yeah, city cops, highway rural cops, uh, or chips, which, or whatever, right? Which well, well, the stat- chips will be part of. Well, I guess that would be part of the LAPD, but it's like inner city. It's like here, it's like what, the OPP, the Ontario Provincial Police. They're not really state troopers; they're just the police for that county. If that makes sense, yeah. Like, um, it does. It doesn't make sense to me why they have that. It probably dates back to well, it. I'll, I'll, the LA County police sheriffs will, or the sheriffs will predate the LAPD. Mm-hmm. They probably had them like a hundred years ago versus, you know, a centralized police force. Uh, and then when the city grew, they would have had to build a police force. Uh, unlike a lot of other cities like in, on the East coast where they had a police force for the city before they even had a state police. So it's, it's probably like LA, it's probably one of those weird things where they have highway patrol state troopers then they also have uh, LA County sheriffs and then they also have police because if you notice when you're getting it, it's weird in the city. If you're getting evicted, they'll call the sheriff from the, the county, not the city police. 
so there's weird laws and weird things tied up but regardless hollywood is not a city <laughs> like you know it is and you know what i mean it's, it's like a suburb of los angeles right so they would use the they, like if you were to call it's like i'm gonna call the police and and i'm gonna call the hollywood police you'd be calling the lapd you wouldn't be calling anybody else say so, yeah it's like again this is some dipshit kid or somebody who doesn't quite get what they're doing um i'm glad you are probably gonna get in trouble because not like the fbi can't it, find you well if it's a crank call i mean when i was a kid we did dumb stuff at my my second cousin's uh wedding in 1995 or six uh we were kids like we were like under the age of 11 or 12 and we were at this hotel where they were you know they rented out the ballroom and everything and my cousins and i thought it would be funny to go to every single payphone dial 911 and hang up oh my god <laughs> so you can see where this is going and and my uncle comes up and he goes you guys probably shouldn't be doing that you're gonna get in trouble i said if we're gonna get in trouble then we should just and i picked up the phone dial 911 and then hang up and laughing and then like we, we did that from like 15 different phones let it ring one time and then hung up and i'm guessing those cops the, showed up quick well yeah the the, the hotel manager manager showed up and is like with somebody else like yeah um the swat team has decided to to call us and ask if there's a hostage situation because they received like 20 different uh unanswered phone calls from different pay machines oh my god Alex. and and you know my cousins they're they were terrified of what their father would do because he was an asshole i don't like that uncle anyway my dad shows up you know and he's like what's going on I'm like we called 911 a bunch of times and my dad's trying not to laugh and, he, and they're like the hotel manager is concerned but not like he's this is at a time when it was like not just boys with boys they figured okay we're, we're not bad kids we're just messing around and it, it was a teachable moment we didn't know because we didn't look at the fine print on the phones we didn't know that you didn't have to put a quarter in to call 911 mm -hmm. we just were playing around with the phone and all the different phones like we didn't know that you like that emergency calls were free and when we explained that and apologized, I had we had to go. I had to go talk. My cousins were too terrified to, but I did. I had to go talk to the police officer that showed up, like a captain or whatever. It was like the SWAT team was ready to come out, but instead it was just like a captain or whatever showed up after like fifteen. Like they were there within fifteen minutes, right? Because they figure a hotel bombing or something. Um, and I had to explain to them, and he had talked to us, and he's like, he goes, "You're not in trouble, but you have to know this, and that this is and this is a good moment for you to know that in the future." If you are in real trouble, and you should only do it if you're in real trouble, you can dial nine one one, and you'll you will automatically go through. You don't have to pay. And we're like, okay, so like it was one of those cases where we were bad, but we weren't bad bad. And like that was a, my extent of of you know crank calling. It was a crank call that we didn't even know we were actually doing. But I could see that. But this is like this sounds like back in the day when you crank call somebody and be like, you know, I. Uh, <laughs> Somebody you didn't like, if you, if you found out your teacher's phone number and, that you hated, you call me like, I'm going to fucking kill you. And then you hang up the phone. Up. <laughs> I knew kids that did that. Be, be, like, be like, I'm going to find you and I'm going to kill you and I'm going to kill your whole family. And you hang up and then you find out that they, that's when, that's, that's the day that the kids would find out that star 69 existed and they would find out who called them. Oh yeah. Like I remember when all this 
telephone thing was still so new and star six, nine and star seven, one, I think one, you could use it to hide your phone number. And one thing that star, star 69, it, what do you remember for all the kids listening here and say anybody under the age of 30 yep. probably won't remember this, that not only was call display a $10 per month extra charge, yep. If your if your phone even had the capability to do that, but if you wanted to to find out what the last number that called you was, and you press star sixty nine, they charged you between fifty cents and a dollar for each time you press the buttons. Yep, I remember I racked up a significant charge with that when I was living with my parents. Now I remember Alex, you may not have did this, so my parents were big in, into Bell Satellite at one point. And they used to have visual call display. So they would watch TV and it would pop up on their TV. What, what like kind of phone number it was. Oh, that was, that was how they, I don't remember how, did they, didn't they have to run a phone line? Into the TV. In, it, you had this, you had the satellite signal, but it actually had like a RJ uh, 15 jack or whatever the phone jack you had to run a separate phone line into your tv you couldn't answer things to the tv but it would it would pop up with who's there and how long the call duration was yep so that... i didn't I, I didn't do that because um my grandparents had satellite but they were the only people and they um they were weird my grandma and grandpa had they were weird they had uh rogers cable and satellite and i'm like why and they purchased satellite just to get, uh, like my grandpa wanted digital concerts or something so he could record higher quality audio concerts onto tapes. <laughs> because, you know, weird. But like they had that, so we never, I never saw that. Um, and they had like regular phone lines, but I had heard of that. I never actually saw that in use, but I, I do remember that being a feature they would advertise on TV. That's kind of weird. So now that we've kind of run this conversation into the ground, which kind of surprised me. Okay. You have a really long story here, so you can interrupt me whenever you feel I've got the oh, point of this. Oh, I, I was, I was going to say, this is, this is a, you can read the beginning part of it and you can skim part of it, but it's more of a, a topic starter. Yeah. So <clears throat> this article comes courtesy of the daily the radical movement to worship AI as a new God. When al when algorithms start to govern more and more aspects of our lives, it is only a matter of time until someone starts to deify them the koji temple a place of worship for zen buddhists is nestled in a quaint ward in kyoto japan to get to it pilgrims and visitors need to traverse a bamboo grove a japanese garden to arrive at a spot where it has been standing for more than 400 years the temple welcomes worshipers the world over with many drawn to its enigmatic priest mindar is a six foot four tall weighs 132 pounds and has been preaching at the historic temple since 2019 the priest is well versed in the heart sutra a popular and sacred mantra in buddhism and can often be found in the temple surmising for its pilgrims but mindar is no ordinary preacher actuators were as its aluminum arms wave mindar's face is made of a pale silicone contorts uncannily as it rece recites the heart sutra a close look into the eyes reveals the aperture of a camera gazing out to visitors who have come to pray mindar is a humanoid robot engineered by the team at osaka university as the embodiment of Kainon, the Buddhist goddess of mercy and Bodhislava, 
or Bostiva. I can't pronounce that. Bostiva? Bostiva? Bostiva. Yeah, sorry, guys, if I'm kind of butchering this. It's designed to bridge the gap between traditional religious practices with the modern world, marrying the emerging technologies like AI and robotics with centuries-old spiritualism. Quote, it was a very basic response AI, said Beth Singler, a digital anthropologist and assistant professor in digital religion, yes, really, at the University of Zurich, told the Daily Beast. Quote, basically, if there's someone in the room, then it will recite the Heart Sutra. Singular notes that Mindar isn't the only AI-powered pre-spot out there. In fact, these types of robo-deities have cropped up a lot in recent years. In Germany, there's a Bless-U2 bot with glowing hands that can, quote, bless you, engineer and model Lior Cole-built robo-rabbi that gives you personalized spiritual guidance based on your birthday and the church of England operates an official smart speaker app that allows your Amazon Alexa to recite the Lord's prayer or grace before eating. And then I'm just going to read a little bit more and then we'll kind of talk about this. The infusion. It's, it's very cyberpunky is what I'm, what I wanted to yeah, get across. And I guess we'll, we'll just kind of talk about it now. It does not surprise me that this happens. I mean, it's not going to be a true deity if you believe in any sort of of spirituality but it does pose interesting the, the theological questions can man create god or was the god always there being um created by man's hands and you know alex I, i'm a pretty spiritual person um i'm not gonna say this is too out there i mean all things considered what or, or what does this say about the future um where what does it say about the future like in time will we just forget that these were man-made and this becomes the norm well here's my thing so we you for example know a lot about some ai tech that can write television episodes right yeah so imagine when this tech gets applied to religious text so just imagine when this robo-priest, robo-rabbi, whatever, starts to write scripture that is accepted by practitioners of the particular religion. The only thing is, the argument is it won't ever be because it has to have a soul. Well, again, if I approach this from a spiritual angle, is the hands guiding you to create, is that divine in and of itself? And that then becomes the spiritual question. Is that the chicken or is that the egg? Well, the argument will be made, I guarantee you, that it can't, it can interpret things that are written by other people and come up with its own conclusions based on the other people's interpretations, but it can't come up with new ideas from scratch. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess when it starts to spit out spontaneous things, we'll have to wait. I mean, I guess when you apply chatbot GPT or something to it, like, I'm not going to say this is too outside of the realm of possibility because like, like I just said, I'm a spiritual person and I could see interpretations of this if it was particularly profound being that's something to consider. Where it becomes worrisome is when people stop thinking for themselves. And, and I know that religion is kind of it's a touchy subject because there's the argument to be made of if you're going to an organized religion, you're not thinking for yourself. Mm -hmm. And then um, the argument beyond that is, well, you're listening to somebody's reasoning and then working with them through it. Well, there could come a point where they just start blindly worshiping the robots is what, what, what I read from this. Yeah. I mean, 
unless you have that level of, I, I would call it spiritual awareness, it's, it's difficult to parse because you see people who use religion as I'm, I hesitate to use the word crutch, but they use it to explain everything in their lives. Either everything in their lives or everything good in their lives is because of their religion. Everything bad in their lives is because they're not religious enough. Yeah. And at, at that point, what you're breeding is uh, not just complacency, but you're not, you're not having the agency to be in charge of your own narrative. Yeah. Like you're not being an, a person active in your own existence. And again, if people find power and empowerment through spirituality and religion, all the power to you. Like I know to get personal for just a moment, when I left the Christian religion back in 2019 or 2020, sorry, when with the discovery of the residential schools, I found spirituality where I don't follow a particular religion. I follow a set of ideas whether you would call it a religion is up to interpretation. Um, but organized religion, I see some people post on Facebook and this is no fault of their own. And they always post about, Oh, I must follow the glory of so-and-so and only through their sins where you find salvation or some, something like that. And I always question that, but say you can create the own agency in your life to make things better. At, at the okay, it's one thing you can follow. You can follow teachings, be a believer, and everything. What you need to do, though, and I truly believe this, regardless of the religion you're in, you need to come to the conclusions yourself and not be forced into believing something. Yes, exactly. You must come to that logical step on your own. If you don't, then you didn't have a religious re revelation. I don't think that would th th that in in my eye in my eyes, sorry, <clears throat> is not a moment of faith. That's a moment of, oh, someone connected the dots one to two. Now that itself may lead you to something, but you have to have the genesis. You have to have that inception of a new idea, not just accepting, oh, well, that makes sense. You know what I mean? And it's a personal mantra of mine, but if, if personally, if the, the religion you're a part of requires that you never ask questions or asking questions uh, is is frowned upon or uh or you are made to feel less for yourself because you're asking questions then you shouldn't be part of that religion because they're using you yeah like you should always be willing to ask questions and be and willing to challenge be, you, sh you should always be allowed to ask questions and not made to feel stupid or lesser than mm. for asking if 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 asking questions make you feel stupid it's not the religion for you yeah i mean we are all created equal. Like we all share the same flesh, blood, everything. The only thing that really separates us are our, our ideas and, and, and certain, and certain religions, you have magic powers, certain people, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> there are some pretty strange religious beliefs out there, but Hey, if that brings you peace and happiness and you follow my personal mantra that I've been following for a number of years now of do no harm, then fine. Be whatever you want to be. If you want to worship Elmo that only you can see, fine. As long as you don't hurt anybody. Um, as for going to a and website. That, and, that's a, and that's a key thing. Uh, you know, 
not only should your religion do no harm to other people, the religion should do no harm to yourself. Yeah, exactly. If if you're if you feel like if you feel terrible, but you think you're doing it for your religion, then you need to analyze why do you feel terrible doing it. Yeah, I mean, I think you've kind of kickstarted an interesting, like I said, theological discussion as to what will happen with these robo religions and preachers. I think the big singularity moment will be when they start to generate their own scripture and gospel that starts to get accepted by that particular community when that happens but when when they start to when they start to ask their followers to connect them to more computers then you have trouble yeah then you have skynet and we've got trouble or the goddamn geth i don't want that (laughs) so it's like oh whatever this version of the buddha requires more processing power why exactly excuse me i have a question to to find enlightenment it also requires that you hook up this neural implant and you need to sit and pray to it within reach for you know 12 hours a day why well it needs to use your collective conscious why you know what though i mean one final point just imagine when that happens when these ai or robotic religious leaders start to interface with with practitioners cybernetically and that's not an impossibility when you really kind of think about it because then you could be connected on a different wavelength where it generates a thought and it could send it to you that's that's scary when when it starts to read when it becomes aware enough that it realizes it has influence that's when you have trouble yeah like this is a very fascinating topic and honestly we could probably develop an entire thought around this but that would be that's a different podcast i think it was a deus ex i don't remember if it was deus ex one or deus ex two i think it was two where and actually i think it was also in cyberpunk where it might be blending the two where they had a cult that worshipped a computer and it was all these wires running everywhere and they basically drank the kool-aid the, the computer got bored of having to be their religious leader so it basically forced them to drink the kool-aid and kill themselves because it just it just didn't want to bother uh, proselytizing anymore i could believe that shit man there is some there are some strange things in this world that man is not always meant to understand and uh honestly we should be careful about which powers we choose to unleash in the future so that being said that's going to bring to the end of this very theological weird news this week hopefully we've given you something to think about and amazon alexa is not your new friend don't trust them siri they're okay for now what about what about samsung's bixby (laughs) oh they're the new heretic i don't trust them so anyway we're going to take one final break here on this week in geek we have one more review to cover from alex and then we'll talk about what's coming up on the show over the next couple of weeks we will be back guys right after this only on this week in geek.net our friends at In In Games and City Connections sent uh, a series of review uh, copies of the Ninja Jajamaru titles that they've uh, they've been working on these collections for a little bit now, and they're releasing them on uh, PlayStation Four and uh, Switch. And we received PlayStation Four review codes for them. Uh, now I'll give you a bit of a breakdown of how this works because. Uh, if you're looking at them to purchase, you might see multiple versions available. And there is the Ninja Jajimaru, the Great Yokai Battle, uh, plus 
Hell Deluxe Edition. Uh, now that has uh, six titles. Uh, well, technically, it's it's five, but there's two versions of one of the same one game in there. Uh, but then there is uh, a JRPG slash uh, Zelda style adventure collection uh, called Ninja Judge Amaro The Lost RPGs. And then there's also Ninja Judge Amaro The Legendary Collection, which is a combination of both of those collections into one large collection. <laughs> so that should clear up uh, you know, any confusion you might have about them going into it. Uh, I'll focus mostly on the Ninja Judge Amaro Great Yokai Battle Collection. Uh, first here because this is the most robust of the collections now this is ninja jajamaro is uh a a mascot for jalico back in the day uh that i don't think really ever got big in the west i think one or two of the titles might have been ported at some point under different names uh but for the most part it's been uh, mostly a japanese a japanese series that never really made it out here, but you would have heard it, or in the emulator scene, you would have heard about it. Well, what they've done here is provided like high quality emulated copies of these games and provided like a rewind, fast forward, filtering, uh, even included like codes that can alter the game, uh, uh, as well as like cheats and enhancements to refill your health or give you unlimited lives, that sort of stuff on the fly from the menu, plus save states, fast forward and rewind capabilities. And uh, that, that adds a whole lot of quality of life stuff to games that are primarily pretty hard arcade style games. So the first Ninja uh, Judge of Mario game is a very simple, almost arcade style game from I think 1985 or so, uh, like the black box era of NES titles, where you're on a screen that scrolls a little to the left and right, and you're trying to uh, kill all the enemies that are on the screen, and each couple levels they end up getting harder and harder, and the goal is to save the princess and it just sort of loops after a certain point it's fun stuff and there's trophies added uh to the game which is neat and then the second title is a side scroller where you move from the left hand side to the right hand side get to the exit then beat the boss uh go through the the loop and then you know so many levels and then it will loop around again to start over with a harder difficulty pretty standard early nes stuff uh the third title included here is uh is sort of it's the what do they call it the milky something way title it is i'll say this right now in this collection this is it's it's almost how do i say I, i'm just gonna come right out it's the worst platformer i've ever played from a major company uh as far as the control scheme it's has the the visual style of a Mega Man meets Mario 3. Very, very visually striking, but it has the worst jump mechanics I've ever seen. You have to get a running start. Your B button doesn't attack. It's just to charge up your run slash jump. And then the A button jumps. And you have to do arcing jumps, moon jumps, all to do everything in the game. You also have to try to contend with the worst physics, physics controls I've ever experienced in any platformer of all time and i'm including unlicensed games for the nes that being said it's almost a marvel to behold you'll want to try it and beat it once because you're like holy crap i can't believe this game exists it's a game that i don't know if it's beatable by 90 percent of people without the rewind functionality so you can keep you know retrying and learning over and over again 
the I, if I wasn't playing it for a review, I would probably have never played it or gotten maybe 10 minutes into it and then been like, no. But I did beat the game. And I'm going to say this, like, not every game in these collections that come up from companies are going to be winners. You have to play this to, to believe just how incredibly bad this game is. Just, and it's just one. Again, it's one of six games. Just, it's that bad. <laughs> it's so bad I enjoyed myself at how bad it was. Uh, and then moving forward, you move from that to the Super Nintendo game that was included here. And that's actually one of the best, it's the best game in the collection. And it overall is the most fun. Uh, graphics get a huge improvement. Uh, the game, you know, the overall style, is it's again, try to find the exit, you know, you have vertical scrolling, you have horizontal, you have lava that fills up levels. It's a much, much more robust and well-rounded platformer. Very good, especially when you enable codes. And if you're having trouble, you can enable uh, cheats and different things. And it doesn't affect, you know, the, the experience in my mind for a lot of people. It'll help families and whatnot get through it. It's two-player. There's a lot more to it. It makes up for how incredibly bad the third game on the, that's included from the NES is. Uh, but again, I, I love when you include stuff. Like, I don't like when companies omit games that are maybe not up to snuff. I like when they're doing these full collections where you get as many games as possible. And this is one of, you know, a prime example of you get the good with the bad. Uh, and then the final title was, I guess, final two titles is the Game Boy adaptation. And that's actually a really fun game too. You're traveling the world uh, with different levels. It's very reminiscent in my mind of Mario Land, like the original Mario Land, just in the sort of style and feel of the game. But uh, the three, they're counting it as two games, but it's really only one because there is the Game Boy uh, Color version and then the original Game Boy version, but they count them as two separate games. Uh, now, everything here includes trophy support and codes. Each game has individual cheats and codes that you can apply at any time only thing is that i noticed there's some glitches and now i was playing a pre-release version i don't know if it's been patched since but since i like was playing for review uh i should have had a platinum trophy in this title and i don't because some of the trophies just weren't dinging and it's not a case of when you enable codes it doesn't ding the, the cheat or, or it doesn't ding the trophy like i played through levels without them played them with them on off whatever and for instance I didn't get any trophies for playing the Milky Way game or the Milky, like the third game, the one that I really hated. I didn't get any trophies for beating individual levels in there, but I got the trophy for beating the game. So it was registering that I beat the game. It just didn't give me any trophies. And I went back and redid the first level after rebooting the system with the, uh, like with codes off and everything. And it still wouldn't ding at that time for the, the, that game. And then I was missing one level of the Game Boy game wouldn't give me the, the trophy for it. And then it wouldn't give me a trophy for getting the frog power up in the very first game. And I tried that multiple times and it still wouldn't register. So there's some some wonkiness going on there that is probably going to be fixed or can be fixed with a patch. Your experience and, and may vary. If you're a trophy hunter, you may be frustrated. If you're somebody who doesn't really care about that and is just playing for fun, you should be fine. And I hope that they do fix that with the patch. But overall, it's a pretty interesting set. I like when these companies put out sets that are of games that are just not easily accessible or something you wouldn't necessarily go out and collect or buy. It's pretty cool. Uh, the other set that's included here is the Ninja Judge Amara Lost RPGs. The first RPG is very much Dragon Quest One or Dragon Quest Two clone. Um, you're going through quadrants of the world map and 
Uh, the battle system is very much Dragon Quest 1. It would be very slow moving if not for the fact that you can increase speed by fast forwarding. And there's, uh, there's codes and stuff you can equip to give you max health or max stats and go through everything. There's multiple scenarios to play through. You, you have to play through them in a specific order. If you play through them, you know, from one through three, you can play them in any order you want. But if you play one through three in the right order, you end up with a fourth scenario where you can beat a secret, secret final boss. And that was fun. Uh, you know, I, I had a pretty good time there. I beat that. Uh, got most of the trophies for there. I didn't have too much trouble with anything popping in there. Uh, but the second game in the collection is very much a Zelda uh, clone, like Zelda 1. It changes from a JRPG turn-based to a Zelda 1 clone. And in that one, you're going around uh, and trying to, you know, get pieces of, uh, of your uh, spirit magic. And I encountered a pretty massive bug, at least in the pre-release, if you're using code. So don't use any of the built-in sheets because I used the, the one that's included that says, hey, get all your powers at the beginning of the game so you can blaze through it. Uh, only problem is you get to the very end of the game and I got to the very end where it's like, you need to have seven of the powers to continue on to get the eighth. It only was registering internally that I had four of them, even though I had gone and earned them all individually. And because of the when I save the game, it's now saved in a state that I cannot complete. So I, I'll say this right now, I was not able to complete the game. I, I had a really good time with it. I was enjoying it. But if you're going to play it, play it without any of the codes on because I don't think that there was enough bug testing done to uh, to like properly test and make sure that all of those cheats and enhancements they added are actually working with the trophies. And in this case, it's not even a matter of the trophies. It's you can't complete the game at all. Uh, like, and, and I mean, I spent hours trying to figure out what was going on till I realized that it was only registering the first four powers that I received. And I was not about to, you know, go and try to contact the, the, the publisher or developer and explain that because that would take too long before publishing. So, you know, use the enhancements and codes at your own risk in these games because I think they might be acting wonky with uh, some of the trophies and some in some cases, maybe even having a problem completing the game as it was in uh, the second RPG in the Lost RPG collection. But again, that's that's partially on me for experimenting because I played most of the games without codes on and then I switched them on to try them out. And in doing that, I might have actually borked my save file. Uh, these are things that can obviously be fixed with patches later on or they may have already been fixed with uh, post-release or day one patches. Just something to let you know about. Uh, I'm not going to hold it against it in my review because again, I was playing it a fair bit before it was released and your experiences may vary. Uh, I think if you're just like the RPGs, you can get the RPG collection. If you like, you know, action platformers, you can go with the great yokai battle plus hell. But I do think the best value overall is going with the Ninja Judge of Mar legendary collection, which includes everything. And there's physical editions available for online retailers uh, for collectors if you want to look that up as well. But uh, it's always fun getting to try games that I never got to play as a, as a kid. And I, you know, I'm hoping to see more, you know, from companies like Jalico and that. And Inin seems to be putting out some pretty interesting titles. Uh, and hopefully, you know, in the future, uh, this, uh, you know, the, they can get patches available for some of these little minor glitches. And you know, just don't use the codes right now. Turn on that radio and back here. The cops ain't likely to catch up with us, not tonight. So we can all be quiet and peaceable and listen to the music. Welcome back, and thank you for joining us on this edition of ThisWeekInGeek.net. It's been a busy week. It's been actually a pretty good week, and this show 
definitely got interesting at moments. We had talks about Street Fighter versus the Ninja Turtles. We talked about the possibilities Konami could show us. We talked about why you should probably know your geography. And finally, the Robo Rabbi and beyond. Is Are we looking at a new theo- theological paradigm? I guess we'll have to wait and find. Why is that not uh, a game yet? The Robo Rapping Rabbi from Parappa the Rapper. See, I could, I could make that work. I could make that work um yeah i mean honestly we've got a lot of interesting stuff coming up on on the site this week i know uh alex and aaron recorded their trek 2022 year in review that should be out coming up this week i believe uh we're gonna record loose cannon this week it'll be out next week we're gonna do two new movies which i've tried to watch one of them and i've had to restart it like four times because i'm like i don't know what the hell's going on but there's a lot of nudity and i can't focus um I just don't like the movie, but I'm going to force myself through it. You know what? It's no fucking snake eater. There's no Lorenzo Lamas, and I'm very upset. But there is Billy Dean Williams. <laughs> Figure that one out. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be talking about a couple of new uh, old movies that I'm sure you will you might be able to track down on YouTube for all kind of we know. Um, in terms of reviews, I'm working on a very anticipated game coming out for both xbox and ps5 and ps4 and it's kicking my ass i can't say anything more about it because it's under strict embargo let's just say birdman has been humbled humbled fucking bad but it's not but michael i thought you were a good gamer no i'm not that good i'll tell you that not 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 anymore not anymore or 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 never were never were that good no fucking way but (laughs) i but i can say this I'm really impressed with aspects of it. So I'll talk about that a little later more next week's show where I'll have a full review or as much as I can uh, kind of give you on that game. I also should have some more Transformers and Dungeons and Dragons stuff. Hasbro is going to be sending some more stuff. I also have some role-playing game stuff. I haven't, have, haven't had a chance to really talk about it. I got uh, something from Modifius for Dune. I got the Blade Runner RPG from Free League. I need to dig into that. I got some stuff from Gale Force 9. I just got a lot of really cool stuff. I just need to find time to read. Um, and then I know me, Ken, JT are going to do something for Loose Cannon at some point. If Alex wants to take a break some week, we'll probably do something really, really, really simple. I know Ken and Alex are going to do sort of a looking forward to in gaming this year because I really don't know what I'm looking forward to. So I'm going to quietly bow myself out. But that being said, as I did announce at the beginning of this podcast, I'm going to be following E3 this year because I kind of feel like I've missed out in something. About goddamn time. It's been since 2019 since you did it with me. Well, it's weird, though, because the more I play games, the more I just want to play them for me. And it's so strange. Like, you're more of you've got more of a critical eye for certain things. I think I'm more about the experience now. And that's feels like a weird shift for how I view games. I mean, it's not to say that I'm not a game reviewer anymore. I feel differently attached to the culture. And I really got that thought from watching some YouTube videos this week. Cause I know just for example, Pat, the NES punks podcast has come to an end at 350 episodes. And I know uh, one of the other uh, game chasers friends, eight big Eric was talking about the state of the retro market right now, how it's basically people are flexing on their collections. It's not about playing the games anymore. 
it's not about doing what's the cool new thing. Well, and, well it's because the people that are playing. Okay, uh, here. Minor rant. The, go ahead. Here's the basic. Uh, the older millennials that were like you know people born from 1980 to say 90, 80 to 90, uh, they either are still playing them but not actively collecting they basically grew up they had kids they had to start selling their games because they realized they weren't really that obsession was something they did in their 20s now they're in their late 30s and 40s and they're like this doesn't matter i don't care if i play digitally they're more about the experiences now so kind of like me right yeah and then the younger millennials uh similar deal but also you have people that entered the market that were not actually gamers that were there just trying to uh prospectors trying to make money and then you have uh people that are like the gen z kids that are wanting to come in from a nostalgic standpoint and a lot of them like the kids born after like 1993 94 and they're in two boats either they just collect a few random things but they they're very very specific about what they want to collect like i only want pokemon and they only get pokemon and they don't really want to play anything else or you have uh, people that just are, again, they're just there to try to make money. They, they keep thinking they're going to make money off of it. I think the gaming culture of like early YouTube, like the, the, to, like the collectors that collected things from like the year 2000 to 2010, uh, either their collections are full, like they're done. They have, they have everything they want. And then they hit the end of the road and they're like, wait, what am I doing with all this? I, I, I did this. My endor- I'm not getting endorphins anymore because I have everything. So they want they moved on to something else. Or, you know, a lot of them got out of the game because it's too expensive. Yeah, like, ultimately, when I look at how I dealt with my gaming collection, and I guess this will be the f- final thought of the podcast, and I've said this a couple times on Twitter, I'm kind of glad I got out when I did. I It's not about collecting anything anymore i mean honestly i'm more happy collecting transformers and power rangers than i have been collecting games in like 15 years and i have more fun playing games like star wars fallen order when you introduced me to persona when i finally get around the finishing dragon warrior um playing through the dead space remake i'm having more fun with the experience it doesn't doesn't, the only thing about digital that sucks is you can lose the right to play the game eventually, but you have to stop looking at it from a point of ownership. And I know this sounds bad. Like people are gonna be like, Alex, you're crazy. You're, you're, you're ruining it. No, it's about the experience. You're paying $60 for the experience in this life. We have only so many finite hours to experience things. And unless you're going to replay it over and over and over again offline, which nobody, there's no person anymore that's not connected to the internet. Mm-hmm. It's This isn't 15 years ago. And I'm not saying that physical should go away. I think the option to own physical should always be there. But we're at a point now where what's more important to us, those of us in our 30s and into our 40s, is can I get the best experience that I'm going to have, like life experience playing this game? It doesn't matter if it's digital or not. And if it's just going to sit on a shelf, then you haven't woken up to the idea of, you know, there's only so many hours in your life you can play a game. Yeah. I mean, why do you have to, why do you have to own 700 games yeah. or a thousand games it, the, the like, and we have friends that are like this still. Yeah. Like, and it's like, you, you, you haven't woken up to the fact that 
this is finite this is very this is a very narrow view of of how the world works you need to pick and choose what you're actually going to play and enjoy and if you if you're not going to if you purchase a game and you don't have an intention of playing it within a year you shouldn't have purchased the game there was a very interesting point that pat the nes punk and ian brought up in their last podcast that they were talking about they're like once you start selling it's so refreshing and they were talking about this guy i can't remember the name of the youtuber but he had a very large nes collection and he sold it all off because he wanted to spend time with his grandkids and he couldn't be happier and honestly, when I think about that and how I am approaching gaming now, because I know, Alex, sometimes you and I differ on, like, how can you play that game? You're not playing it right. I, I just I, enjoy well, no, the I, 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 I never tell you you're not playing it right. I, I am like, in my mind, there are some games that I feel are sucking away the time that you could be having with a new experience yeah like sometimes i just want to see a storyline for me that that's my thing that's fine no like i i the my biggest pet peeve in in gaming culture is the concept of dailies yeah that can be a pain in the ass that's see that's that's the only thing i've ever argued with you or not argued that i've 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 had a disagreement with you on is I don't think you should ever use dailies when it becomes part of the routine that becomes part of an OCD cycle that people will have. I've got to do my dailies. What, but that doesn't give you anything. It, it, it's it, you're basically using a slot machine. It's the endorphins of I did my dailies. I'm okay now. Well, what, what new experience did that give you? See nothing at least, I could make a, an argument for Pokemon Go with that one, but that's a conversation for that's, a different podcast. That's that's, uh, that's exercise. That's different. I'm talking Far Cry Six. How many dailies did you run of that game that were useless? Oh, <laughs> oh, right, where I would just log in, do the mission, get the new gun, log out. Yeah, and and yeah, yeah. What did that get you? New, new guns, cosmetics. Yeah. New guns for a game that had no story and that you weren't going to play really, uh, and that that hour each day could have been used for a new game. That's true. <laughs> I mean, I still had fun that's, with it. That's, but. that's my argument is, is I have a big problem with people trying to retain you for a game when you're not providing any new content, any new real, and well, sorry, any new meaningful story or experience of content. Yeah. So that I can't disagree with you on that. So this will be an interesting potential short prototype podcast. I think we could do on just on what does being a gamer mean to you in 2023? And that's something that would require like no research. A, a gamer to me at this point, when I play games, play games for, I like the RPGs, but I like to experience the story. I, everybody likes the endorphins of winning and the numbers going up. What I like though, is I like to spend my time on completely different experiences as many times as I can within a year and not for the sake of it. You know, like if that's the case, I'd play like a hundred thousand different mobile games, right? Mm-hmm. No, I, I want to experience the art of the game. So that's why, you know, even though I like, even though like I don't like playing a lot of online games or anything, I still like playing the Call of Duties because every year there's at least 10 hours of story experience mm-hmm. that I can try out. So if that's a, that's a good example. Yeah. So I think this will be something maybe we'll do this month in the next two weeks. You, me, Ken will get together. Maybe we'll even get JT because I don't know what type of gamer he is now that he has a next generation he, console. That might he, be a very interesting experience. He, until recently, he was a gamer stuck in uh 2011 yeah no because he didn't even have an xbox one yeah so that'll be a very interesting conversation between all of us 
his last console before very recently was a 360 yeah and then he got a ps5 recently and he just got a nintendo switch so he's playing catch up now so yeah i think that'll be a conversation for all of us so anyway guys like i said we got stuff coming up on the site this week a lot of cool stuff cooking in the twig kitchen which hopefully we can announce in a couple of weeks to a month or so we'll wait and see so yeah keep it locked here once again guys thank you so much for the last 16 years of content it means a lot to me it means a lot to alex and to the entire team here at twig without you guys it's just not worth it but you guys make it so much fun to bring entertainment edutainment and to bring our lives to you each and every week so for this week in geek we have been alex the producer i've been mike the Birdman, saying be excellent to each other we'll catch you guys again next week right here on thisweekingeek.net at no point in your rambling, incoherent response, were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Thanks for listening to this episode of This Week in Geek. Hungry for more? Check out our website at thisweekingeek.net. You can subscribe to the podcast, browse our Twitter and Instagram, and leave your thoughts on today's topics. If you'd like to give us some feedback, send us an email at feedback at thisweekingeek.net. Tune in next time, and remember shields and surrender your listenership we would be honored if you would join us thank you for your cooperation good night